So I will try to respond to various questions, but uh, all in good time. Um, So just one today. (coughs) Memory appears to be my weakest faculty. How can I build and develop the capacity to use the tools and skills you're offering, where if I keep forgetting how to handle them? Indeed, I forget that they're even in my toolbox. I mean, they say the Burmese Sayadors, whenever you go for an interview, whatever you say, they always say more practice is needed. (laughs) 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 It seems a bit cruel, but it's true. But to expand on it a little bit, I think uh, you know we have to you know, recognise our limitations and our uh, blind spots and our ability to these these unconscious kind of reflexes that kind of steer us into our blind spots and, and seem to almost encourage them. Our habits. You know, habitual mind is always the one that goes bleary. Habit is the is the killer. And it's easy to, to you know, we try to use skillful means and structures, routines, meditation techniques and so forth. to wake us up, to kind of put uh, blocks in the way of our flow, of our habits. Obviously, precepts is a very simple one, clear what that's doing. You know, daily meditation, having a few simple recollections, daily recollections, The snag is that anything we do with routine can become another habit. You know, so it's sort of, you know, uh, it's like the very thing that you set up to, to, to wake, get you out of habit becomes another habit. You get another set of, uh, here we go again, here we go again. But you know what, you could know what the habitual mind feels like and sounds like. You know, to, to just know it is like knowing Mara. There's a certain uh, dullness, a certain ho-humness, a certain uh, that quality or a certain rigidity to it. Got to do it this way, you know, and there's no inquiry. Mm. So inquiry is always a good thing to bear in mind. Inquiry is, you know, when you start getting compulsive about any of it, you know, What's the difference between compulsion and determination? There's a little, you know, I like to to, to uh, um, bear in mind there's a kind of a, what I call this spring. There's a yes that arises when we actually directly contact a truthfulness. 
And if it doesn't arise, it's not right now. You know? This sounds a bit kind of, you know, fuzzy or mysterious, but uh, you get, you know, what we practice on a retreat is to get familiar with the sense of balance and the quality of intention that arises to walk or to sit or to, you know. And maybe, you know, if we do a retreat and the only thing we learn about it is when we're, you know, meditating from habit or from supposed to do this or this is going to get me somewhere. And when we're really meditating, when our intention is really coming from that, yes, yes. Because to get anything to come from that yes itself is is marvelous. Even it's washing up, you know, yes. (laughs) To live your life from a yes rather than ought to, should do. This is going to get me somewhere. People will look down on me if I don't. I suppose I better, you know. To live your life from a yes, and, uh, and uh, you know, and it isn't always the case that we can do everything and come into that. But you want to increase that. Hmm. So you know, the time of meditation or that time of introspection is a value time to get to to really create such an opportunity. And of course, we can sit there and obsess ourselves with thoughts. We can sit there and get all this other stuff going, and yet it's the, one of the best chances we have to really look into, because this is a chance when you can, you can sense uh, the wholeness, the body, the heart, thinking mind, the act of focusing, the act of receptivity, the sense of presence, the sense of where I am, the sense of how I am, the sense of what to do. So these three, you know, when they line up. So it's useful to bear, have certain maps in mind. This is another reason why we meditate. We find the references, maybe something I've said, maybe something you read, a reference that, oh, that's, yeah, there's a yes comes up with it. Okay. Just write that one down. It may not be yes forever, but for a while that, that's it's got you know it's touching something, and uh, you know so let's work with that. You know, well it's still got some real yes in it, some life in it, and recognise when it when it fades out. <laughs> you know, because it see we can there are, there are many many teachings that have potential seeds of wisdom in them, they're all there and yet we can easily after a while find they're just getting translated as slogans you know, and they've lost their real freshness this just becomes another you know, like, uh, be mindful <laughs> or let go or, um, you know, be here or something like that, you know, you get these things actually, it's when they first, first touch, yeah, that's it, that's it you know, it really does something. And after all, it's something you just kind of repeat in your head. And so it's almost like the knowing of Dhamma makes you, can make you stupid. <laughs> you know, it can make you sort of just, just have it up in your head. And it's no longer really doing the work of connecting. So often, you know, we still we stay with a particular theme or a map of the practice. 
and you know, works for a while, and maybe it works for a long while. Great, you know? but just recognize when it's just becoming another little piece of something you, you recycle, and it's no longer really connect, doing the work for you, connecting for you. I find this particular sense of you know the, the three three aspects of mind is useful for me at this time. It means something for me. I'm ready to ditch it when it runs out. <laughs> you know, but it's 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 valid for me. Um, you know, eightfold path. These you know, four noble truths. These are these are the, the Buddha's. Uh, very long-lasting teachings. And I don't think, I hope we're not teaching anything that's contradictory to that, but just a particular way of organizing within that, 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 that framework. No, I don't think there's any teacher one could respect who does not emphasize um, regular practice, meditation practice, regular assertion of, of, of virtue, regular commitments to acts of loving-kindness, uh, you know, calming the mind, looking into the mind, and realizing that this is something we need to do you know, frequently with a sense of you know, an everydayness and, and challenge that sense of getting into a routine and, and uh, getting dull about it. And then you know, try to try to shuffle it a little bit, shuffle some of the assumptions around that get built into it. So we can say, you know, that there is the, what is called the pariyati, or the conceptual level of the teachings, which act as, as uh, carriers, mm. and you you know you pick up certain uh, frames of reference, certain maps of practice. You know, as I've been saying, little map of presenting four noble truths. Um, you know, mm. so that's the pariyati. That's the concept that can carry, that can contain. You know. And then you put that in there, and then there's the patipati uh, sense of practice, kind of opening up that that package, opening it up. What does it really feel like? What is the experience of dukkha? How is the sense of of it must be understood? How do we meet it? Hmm. So you know, how do we we get in touch with that in a, in, a, in an inquiring and open way, rather than a got to get over this or it shouldn't be happening to me or it's his fault or whatever you know uh, that, that, that nerve tingle of something wrong don't feel comfortable how do, we, how do we get to meet that second noble truth third noble truth how do we enter that and begin to release the underlying unconscious assumption that lies within that you know that, that things should always be pleasant or that people should always like me, or that, you know, things that when you actually bring to surf, you think, that's ridiculous, you know. <laughs> and yet, and yet they, they're there, aren't they? You know, things should go my way, and uh, uh, they're unconscious. 
assumptions. And every time we bring one of these to the surface, they give us insight into these very fundamental uh, assumptions that we all um, inherit. According to the assumptions, uh, uh, there's something to get. There's the sense world, which will provide us with a pleasant feeling or applies with unpleasant feeling. And actually feeling kind of operates in terms of intention and and how what we make of things sights and sounds are not inherently pleasant or unpleasant they are what we how they affect us and what we make of them is unpleasant and pleasant but the only source true source of feeling is either the body or the mind there's no feeling in sight sound or taste and yet these become big areas of feeling for us. So, um, the assumption of becoming, of being solid, of being uh, an ongoing entity, uh, you know, um, being a person, you know, being a self, these are, these are assumptions that, you know, we don't really need. It doesn't mean you've got to annihilate some actual self, it's just you don't need to assume yourself as being something, it's easier that way, and then let it, let it speak for itself, let it speak in the moment for itself. Um, so this is the, when the cessation or the rest, the rest from the, uh, the pressure that these unconscious assumptions keep creating for us. Niroda, Niroda Sacha, the resting from the, the origin of suffering. And in the path, that which uh, keeps hemming us in, steering us towards this meeting point, giving us both the tools for the practice, but also keeping pointing us into this, these, uh, these assumptions, into the, the, the um, area of our holding on, and it's a certain you know, sense it keeps putting your nose into it, and it's also backing you up. Mm-hmm. Fourth noble truth. So that, you know, that really is the ongoing um, themes. Um, yeah, but then it's it, a matter of pariyati, patipati, then padivedi realization. Yeah. Realization of something, a balance, which is a lightness, a sense of something that is not being held on to. Yeah, you know, most everything you say in terms of, of Pativedi is, is, is inadequate and trite. But <laughs> we say there is that. <laughs> Realizations do occur, that, you know, maybe for moments, minutes, seconds, ten seconds. But if you touch that, it, it does uh, start to shift the whole balance, you might say. It's like you've had a chiropractic job and it's actually pushed something around it and suddenly your body has come into a different, a different alignment. Mm-hmm. So the more we touch into the experience of you know, degrees of realisation, to my, my sense, it's not you know, you're completely deluded and bang, you're completely awakened and there's no falling back and never again. You know? I see it much more as incremental. You know, the degrees of realisation, you think, oh, that habit, I don't need to do that. Wow. Oh. <laughs> you know, what was, I, what was I doing that for? Oh. 
that's a realization. Or I've been seeing this person in this particular way for years. Wow. Stop doing that, you know. So realization can be small, but, but always got this lovely quality to it. It frees you up. You become bigger. Now, I don't know how to remember any of this, really. Yeah. But I would say there is, a, there is in anyone, in all of us, there is this inclination towards truth. And for people who, who come to this, that, that inclination is, is, is strong. Um, you don't really have to, to conjure it up. You have to, you have to acknowledge there is that you know, inclination towards truth. The inclination towards truth will keep pressing and stirring you. And uh, it will keep, you know, making you feel, you know, this isn't it, that's, you know, it's going to keep pushing and stirring you. And realizations, when they occur, even if they're small realizations, will make themselves felt. Yeah. They will make themselves felt. And it's just, uh, so the, the process of, you know, I'd say the origin and the, and the results are things you don't have to remember, but you, you have to acknowledge you know, that they're, they're there for you. The, the, the origin is there for you. The results will happen and they will make themselves felt. It's really the details of the practice that so often we feel, I haven't got it together, I haven't got enough of it, I don't, can't, you know, what's the system? What did he say yesterday? I've oh, gone already, you know, jeez. <laughs> But then, you know, the best way to learn is more practice is needed. (laughs) 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 And, you know, come back to a few simple things like how to sit straight, how to breathe, how to walk, you know. And so knowing, you know, just get to know that the the, the feeling of when you're losing it, the imbalance, as I've said, knowing imbalance is the way to know balance. You know imbalance and you, you trust that there is such a thing as balance and it's not re- removed from you. Just understand that the pressures or the pushes they, it, they're getting you into imbalance and then you sort of stop. Oh. And study, you know, read, practice, listen. And some, so some of these stuff will crystallize in, in your head as, as themes that you can work with. But essentially, more practice is necessary. <laughs> so let's uh, let's do.